0: The Fresh Fiction Podcast is brought to you by Revelle Books and Bethany House, publishers of The Reckoning of Gossamer Pond by Jamie Jo Wright. Two women separated by a hundred years must uncover the secrets within the borders of their own town before it's too late and they lose their future or their very souls. This is the riveting plot from Jamie Jo Wright's newest mystery, The Reckoning at Gossamer Pond. Today, Jamie joins me to discuss the novel, what readers can expect in this twisty story, and shares what she's reading, watching, and listening to right now. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so excited to talk to you about this book. It just seems so creepy and wonderful and just so, like, magical. But I'm curious for you, what uh, sparked your interest in being a writer?
1: I've always had an overactive imagination, and as young as I I mean, as long as I can remember, when I was really young, I started reading. I believe I was four when I started reading. Wow. And, um, yeah, so I would, books were always in my hands. I always tried to get away from chores so I could read a book. <laughs> Nancy Drew pretty much formulated um, my love for mysteries and Tricky Belden and Boxcar Children and all those fun kids' classics.
0: Did you learn because your parents were teaching you, or did you learn that in school? Um, My parents said I learned
1: by watching my brother read his homework out loud. Really? Um, And they didn't realize I was reading until one night some, some company was over and my mom's friend said, is Jamie reading? And apparently I was in the corner with a book reading out loud just like my brother did. And that was how they found out. Well, as a kid, I was always into mysteries. Always. So anything with a mystery attached to it was definitely my go-to, um, either that or horse books, you know, Misty of <laughs> Tink was like the best, Yep. Um, and as I grew older, I really got into historical, historical romances, started reading Jeanette Oak and Tracy Peterson, and then my love just kind of you know, started merging the two in my mind. Like what would happen if we merged history and mystery and, and, and then it matched present day. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am now.
0: Do you remember um, the first book you ever wrote? The first book I
1: ever wrote. Yes. I wrote a novel when I was 13 Mm -hmm. and I actually sent it to uh, my current publisher, Bethany House Publishers. Really? When I was 13. Yes. And I got a nice editorial letter back that was personalized stating They thought I had talent and I wasn't ready for publication, but um, to keep, keep writing. So I think that editor probably had no idea that if she said something like, your writing is horrible, I would have quit and have been done at 13. But at 13, I was like, oh, I can do this. It's just going to take time. And then to be published by them um, with these novels is kind of like a a full, full circle.
0: Yeah, definitely a full circle on that. I would, um, I would imagine like maybe, do you still have the letter that you received from them?
1: I don't. I was looking for it the other night, actually, and I I can't find it anywhere, so
0: I think it's disappeared. So when you went from um, just being a lover of the written word to actually writing yourself, you know, 13, but then also did, did you study that in college, or was that something that you kind of stumbled upon later?
1: No, it's just something I stumbled upon later, and then in my early 20s, I wrote a couple more novels, and then I took a break and had my children and then finally ended up going to a writers conference and that's kind of where I've just been self taught and self learned um and had some amazing, amazing authors mentor me and invest time in me, which Um, is pretty
0: phenomenal. You've got this really interesting story where you're bending time and place. What was the inspiration for you for this?
1: This story um, was one where I started out with the question, what would happen if you had a small town with lots of secrets and somebody decided it was time to expose them and for you to answer for your sins? And that was kind of the question that was in my mind. And then as I was researching, I found some rather local history about um, some twin evangelists that came into a local community near us and um, held a revival and how it completely stirred up the community for both good and bad. And Mm -hmm. so that kind of became a catapult.
0: You chose to keep the story in, um, in America because a lot of times I think people think of historical fiction and they're thinking of Regency England or they're thinking like of Egyptian time. But this one's really just like showing the roots in the, the all-American Midwestern feel. Was it just because you are from Wisconsin that that was sort of an easy back, uh, backyard research for you? It is to a degree easy
1: backyard research for sure. Um, but it's also something that I love to put into, into historicals mm-hmm. because it resonates with so many of us, yeah. um, regardless of where... we're from our ancestry goes back to somewhere in the United States and um, I I think a lot of the Christian market readership is somewhere in the Midwest whether that's Ohio or Oklahoma um, or Illinois we can all sort of relate to that small town origin and so it's fun to bring that into the novel.
0: There's a little bit of a like a true story bent to this one, or at least some inspiration from the research you've done. Can you tell us a little bit more about the book and um, what the true stories that inspired you were?
1: The story itself is split between 1908 and then present day. There's two main characters, Libby, who's from our historical setting, and Annalise, who's from our present day, and both of them are connected to um, a revival that took place in Gossamer Grove in 1908. And the revival um, is centered around two twin brothers that come to town and are fairly dogmatic in their preaching and a little bit of uh, the daredevils that kind of shake their fingers at people and and encourage them to come at them. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: the town's not real receptive to that. Um, And then in the midst of all of that, people um, start dying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There always needs to be a body in a mystery.
1: There's, there's got to be a body, you know. So we throw one of those in and
0: say, "Okay, here we go." Was this your first time that you had done like this sort of dueling time periods?
1: I did the dueling time periods in my first novel, *The House on Foster Hill*.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but prior to that, um, I had not done the split time story at all. I had spent most of my time writing historical historical romance, actually, with an element of suspense. Mm-hmm. And I decided to jump in and, and try and marry the two um contemporary and historical in the in these novels.
0: Yeah, with a little less of the romance part. Yes. Significantly <laughs> less. <laughs> You're like there's more bodies, no kissing.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Is this a fun challenge to do, just sort of like a straight historical fiction or a straight historical mystery?
1: It sounds really weird, but it was kind of like finally finding out what I was meant to write. Oh cool. Um it, I've always loved the classics, um, you know Nathaniel Hawthorne, Charles Dickens, mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe, all of that Gothic feel, and to be able to incorporate elements of those into my novels but then also matched them to how somebody might feel today in the present time was just like, oh, this is what I was meant to write.
0: The gothic-y feel is so much a part of it. It's almost like its own separate character.
1: I, I hope so. I like the shadows and the, the little corners of unexplored territory. and I think that's what makes, makes a lot of the gothic novels so intriguing is they're not thriller or horror. They're just... Creepy. It's like going down a dark hall.
0: Exactly. It's very similar to like uh, like noir. Like noir is not like a, a yes. genre per se. It's this feeling and this atmosphere. Yes, exactly. So um, after you've you know, uh, The Reckoning is has been out and it's in it's been enjoying. Have you been hearing? um, reviews or comments from your from your readers yeah i've had some great emails and
1: some great feedback from people um a lot of them were saying it was something that they didn't want to read before they went to sleep um, for two reasons <laughs> That's one a big they compliment. got a little bit creeped yeah i guess <laughs> one they got a little bit creeped out and two they didn't want to stop reading so i guess i'll take that as a as a good compliment but i do apologize in advance for lots
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what are you working on next i know i know the book just came out but there's always something in the works i know
1: Oh, yes, there's always something in the works. I have another novel coming out in January of 2019. That one's called The Curse of Misty Wayfair. So we are finishing up edits on that one, and I'm really excited about this next novel.
0: And is that one going to be straight um, historical mystery as well, or is it going to go back to your roots of um, romance
1: that one is going to stick in a very similar vein to The Reckoning at Gossamer Pond at the house on Foster Hill. It's going to be split time as well. Cool. Um, and it's also going to have those gothic mystery elements woven all throughout.
0: I know that you're super busy, but you probably definitely have to have some downtime and let your brain relax and chill out. What sort of things do you watch, read, and listen to? We're always looking for recommendations from our authors.
1: The things that I watch on TV are not necessarily consistent with what I write.
0: Okay, perfect. I
1: a major, <laughs> I'm a major Marvel comic fan, so I love watching like The Flash, The Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. All of those; those are my go-to shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm big into those. Um, and as far as what I like to read, it's a little bit of everything. Like I said, the classics are great. Um, I do like to revert back to my roots of historical romance and read a good Tracy Peterson. Um, Right now I'm actually reading um, Murder at the Flamingo by Rachel McMillan. Um, Mm -hmm. She's a good friend of mine, and that's just a really great novel too. So a little bit of everything.
0: Are you able to read um, within your genre while you're writing?
1: I can, but I try not to. Yeah. um, Only because as I'm writing, sometimes I'll start realizing i'm kind of writing in the style of somebody else and it can kind of mess with me so i try to avoid that so typically if i'm writing i'm reading a contemporary romance or um maybe charles dickens because that's very inspiring
0: i mean it's gothic to the max in my opinion exactly
1: exactly (laughs) i guess it's victorian gothic but still (laughs) Right, a little a little bit of Miss Havisham doesn't hurt anybody. So. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Oh, it's my favorite. So uh, do you have any, is there any genre that you have, because, you know, staying with historical, either romance or mystery, have you, and a little bit of contemporary, have you had any interest in maybe doing a different genre in the future?
1: You know, I thought it would be fun to write something, I'm sorry, it sounds horrible, but something a little bit more on the lines of thriller, like almost scarier, mm-hmm. um, and really let my imagination go, but then sometimes... I'm like, oh, that's a little dark, so <laughs> avoid that.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, would you ever get scared yourself while you're writing it? I imagine. That's what I always think would happen to me if I tried to do that.
1: Honestly, it's only happened once, and it was just recently because I was home alone and it was dark, and right as I wrote this really creepy spot in the story, a door slammed. I think it was the wind, but it was enough to send me over the back of the couch. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. Something is exactly. telling me. I'm taking I'm a like, break.
1: I'm gonna turn on a. I'm gonna turn on a sitcom right now. <laughs> I think in the end, I didn't turn on anything because I was like, "Well, this feeling is something I should really put into this scene." So I allowed myself to be scared, oh. and I tried to. I tried to put that into the heroine. So hopefully, that comes out.
0: <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, that's perfect. That's like what they always say. You know, lean into the fear, and then it's not as scary exactly. for yourself. Uh, Jamie, our time is almost up. This was such a great chat. But I'm curious, how can readers uh, stay in touch with you and find out more about you?
1: Oh, yeah. If they want to go to com, that's my website. My first name is spelled J-A-I-M-E um, and Wright with a W. Um, they can go there. They can find all my social media links. I'm on Facebook primarily on my author page, uh, which is also um, Jamie Jo Wright on Facebook. You can find me there, and I'm interacting daily with everyone. So I love interacting with
0: readers. Yeah, I think that that's probably one of the best parts about you know the the writing industry now is that you have this opportunity to stay so close and in touch with your readers oh for sure yep yeah they're there sometimes they'll catch you on things that you don't even see yourself
1: exactly exactly they will be like oh well what about this scene I'm like you know that's a really
0: good question <laughs> <laughs> you're like what about that scene I'll have to figure that out <laughs> yeah I should have thought of that no <laughs> Well, Jamie, thank you so much. And um, like she said, you can find uh, The Reckoning at Park Pond, anywhere books are sold. You can also find more information about the books at FreshFiction.com. And Jamie, this has been such a pleasure. I'm so happy I had a chance to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. I'd like to extend my thanks again to Jamie Jo Wright for joining me today. You can find The Reckoning at Gossamer Pond, anywhere books are sold. Thank you also to Ravel Books and Bethany House for their continued support of the podcast. Make sure you stop by FreshFiction.com to find out more about Jamie Jo Wright and other Ravel Books and Bethany House authors. Until next time, happy reading! Hey guys, it's Gwen. If you love what you hear, there are a few ways you can help us during season two. First, don't forget to subscribe to the Fresh Fiction Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcast apps. Rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast with your friends helps us out more than you'll ever know. Sharing is caring, as they say. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram as RealVixen.